You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Red Sox reporter, Ian Brown. And, Ian, I think this is the first time I've really said this this season, but where has the Red Sox offense gone? I mean, this offense has been, and every offense is going to hit lulls throughout the season, and there's going to be times when guys hit the, you know, slumping at the same time and the offense can't get it done. And and maybe it's amazing that it's taken this long. But suddenly over the last couple of games, the Red Sox offense has gone silent and not because of a lack of chances, because a tough loss on Monday night and, and they certainly had chances in that one, a tie game, bottom of the ninth. They had the bases loaded, nobody out, and they can't get a run in. Um, they managed four hits only against Miguel Gonzalez of the White Sox, not exactly a one of your top-of-the-line Chris Sale-type guys in that rotation. So is that what it is? The Red Sox, they're, they're just all hitting a little skid at the same time? Yeah, I think so. And it's all runners in scoring position. And, uh, you know, David Ortiz has had a quiet uh, couple games here, which uh, is unusual for him as far as the, uh, you know, the production standpoint. And, yeah, just, uh, you know, a bunch of guys, uh, they were so hot for so long that you had to expect there would be some kind of drop-off. But the encouraging thing is the, uh, the pitching has carried them pretty well during the stretch, at least spots uh, one through three in the rotation. Now, uh, four and five uh, continue to be a little bit of a concern, and we're going to see Mr. Buckles tonight. But, uh, yeah, it's a good – It's uh, at least they're they're hanging in these games when they aren't scoring. They, they won a close game on Sunday, and they, they lost a, a real nail-biter on Monday. Yeah, and they, they end up wasting another Stephen Wright start that, that just jumps off the page as he goes nine innings. Uh, allows just one unearned run, five hits, and I mean, you said pitchers one, two, three, and and when you say one, I start to think that's Stephen Wright now. Although David Price has been absolutely great the last uh, three outings, but man, Stephen Wright, you just keep waiting for for the bubble to burst, and he keeps going out there and and throwing inning after inning. Yeah, he's been amazing to watch. Really, he's just pitching with so much confidence. And yeah, there's no question he's been their best pitcher this year. Even after David Price, you look, he's pitched you know nine innings three times here already this season. Uh, so it's been uh, you know who could have predicted this and just how consistent he would be. Um, and the only bad outing he's had all year, Tim, has been in the rain. And the knuckleballer is never going to really pitch well in the rain because it's uh, they rely so heavily on that grip. I and mean, you can't get the baseball, bad things are going to happen. But uh, yeah, you're just going to uh, ride this as long as you can right here. Now the. The downfall and, and and something that if they score in the bottom of the ninth, we don't even see is Craig Kimbrell struggling in the 10th in a non-save situation. And, and that's something that's kind of haunted him this year, which is weird because I don't think any other time in his career that's really been an issue, the non-save thing. We do see it with, with different closers that the adrenaline's not quite there or something's missing when it's not a save situation. Last night, though, a little different because it was a tie game in extras. It's not like he came in with a five-run lead or anything like that. I mean, there was plenty of on the line with Kimbrell in the game. What did he have to say after the game about another tough outing when there was no save on the line? Yeah, I mean, he downplayed the no-save outing. He just said, look, um, lead-off walk killed him, especially the number eight hitter. Yep. And then uh, Abreu was trying to go um, you know, high and inside, I think, and he went low and away, to, as John Farrell said right into Jose Abreu's hot zone, and he just uh, he just crushed that pitch. So, you know, it is weird that you know, most of Kimbrough's bad outings this year have been um, in your non-traditional situations, whether it is a non-safe situation, tie game in extra innings, or, 
you know, sometimes they brought him in in the eighth with runners on base, and he hasn't been able to get out of get out of those. So he just seems like he's at his best in that traditional save situation, coming into a clean ninth inning. But you know, he certainly has the stuff to do well in any situation. He's not a guy who needs a three-run lead with nobody uh, nobody on base to uh, to win a ball game. I mean, this guy has elite stuff. So I think uh, right now, I'd just say it's one of those fluky things, uh, small sample sizes. Rowenis Elias uh, struggled in his first start, and you mentioned it. Clay Buckholes getting getting another go tonight, and I feel like this is really a huge start for Clay. I mean, he's got to be running out of chances as far as giving him another shot to start. Um, here's an opportunity. Um, what do you think his mindset is heading into it? Yeah, I think Clay Buckholes is very determined. Look, he was very hurt, uh, upset, out of sorts when he got taken out of the rotation. I've never seen him that mad. This is the guy is the ultimate guy when it comes to talking to the media. He actually went a couple of days where he didn't even want to talk to the media. He was upset about getting taken out of the rotation. So I think in a way it was good to see that fire from Clay Buckles because it seemed like he was a, maybe a little complacent uh, earlier in the year when he wasn't pitching well and just, uh, you know, they've, uh, they've gone through this guy's hot streaks and cold streaks throughout his career and have always stuck with him. And it's the first time that they really didn't stick with him in a long time. And I think that uh, said something to him. It said to him that he needs to pitch better. So really curious. This is kind of a must-watch game tonight, uh, Tuesday night at Fenway, to see you know what Buckles are going to do with the second chance in the rotation. Yeah, because they really have to figure out the back end of that rotation. It seems like when you look at this team as a whole, that's the one glaring thing is, is those fourth and fifth starters uh, that's going to separate this team from, from being a team that's playing in October or not. Um, Rosny Castillo has cleared waivers uh, as expected. Uh, no one was going to jump in and take on that contract. So that means he's off the 40-man roster. He goes back to Pawtucket. Um, it's it's obviously a tough situation. The team invested so much money in Castillo. Um, now he's still in Pawtucket, but at least it's, he's not taking up a spot on that 40-man roster. Are expectations gone for Rosny Castillo, or is there still a thought that this guy can figure it out? My, my expectations are gone. I mean, <laughs> uh, maybe I'm being impatient, but uh, no, I mean, you just haven't seen anything to lead you to believe that this guy's going to be a good major league player. You know, he's a supreme athlete, but it hasn't translated. Look, somebody pointed out to John Farrell um, yesterday that, you know, Rusney did show you a flash for about a month last year um, between mid August and I think the first week in September where he was red hot with the, the, the bat. He was making things happen. And what John Farrell said was, hey, then teams made adjustments to him, and Ruzang has not been able to um, adjust back to them. You know, and you need to be able to adjust. And he hasn't even had success at AAA uh, this year. And he's just not elevating the ball at all. Everything's a ground ball. Um, it's too bad because, you know, he can play defense. He can run a little bit. But it's just if you're not going to hit at all, um, you're not just not going to help out at all on a major league roster. So um, at this point, you know, I think just it's a bonus for them if Ruzney Castillo ever does anything. I think it's easier when it was a previous regime with Ben Sherrington and his front office that made this signing. I think it's easier for Jason Prosky to sort of say, okay, uh, we just don't think this guy's any good. I wasn't the one who signed him for $72 million, so it's easy to just admit it was a mistake. Uh, they did the same thing with, uh, you know, Ben Sherrington did the same thing with Alan Craig uh, last year. So this is another, looks like another bad contract or another bad uh, acquisition by the Red Sox, and you just have to um, you know, leave him in the minors and you know, see if he does anything to change the narrative. 
You're always rolling the dice a little bit when you go on the international market like that, um, and and obviously that one's not working out. But one that looks like it is is Yuan Mankata, and he's been promoted to Double A. Andrew Benintendi also has been promoted to Double A. So those big time prospects in the Red Sox system now up in Portland, and Mankata just continues to impress. 307, 427, 496 slash line. He's got four homers. 36 stolen bases in 61 games. I mean, it's just he's doing everything they thought he could, and and now he's on the way already up to double A. Can you almost say he's ahead of schedule, Ian? The Mikata? Um, no, I think this is kind of what, right. you know, what he envisioned when they signed him. Um, you know, they, look, they, there's a reason they spent all the money they did. And, you know, I know it was a mistake on Castillo, but they were much more uh, comfortable with this signing. The signing, signing, there was much more research done over a longer period of time. Um, and they really, there's, there's nothing not to like about this guy. I mean, he just has it all as a baseball player. And uh, now I think he's he's right on schedule. Uh, you know, you got to think he's going to be with the Red Sox at some point uh, next year, uh, maybe even early in the season. And, uh, you know, both Lucada, you know, and uh, Andrew Benintendi, both these guys are creating a lot of excitement uh, in the minor leagues. Yeah, the one question Mark Mankata is going to continue to face here is where where is he going to play? Right. But that's a good problem to have and, and something the Red Sox, I'm sure, are, are fine with trying to figure out once he's ready to get to the major league level. Um, Brock Holt nearing a rehab assignment, I think, Ian, right? I mean, this was a, a doozy of a concussion. You think about your typical concussion situation. Obviously, they're always scary, but you go on that seven-day list, take a little break run through the test in your back. He hasn't played since May 19th, um, but he's finally kind of getting there, right? Yeah, and no, actually, Brockwell played uh, for AAA last night, had two doubles, went two for three for the leadoff spot. So he did start his rehab assignment, so he's finally cleared all that concussion protocol, and, look, they need this guy. You know, you see last night's game, Sam, you see guys like uh, Marco Hernandez and uh, you know Ryan Lamar hitting in late situations and tie games. You don't want that on your baseball team. These guys aren't uh, what you call major league caliber hitters. You want a guy like Brock Holt, and uh, they're obviously thinner since not only because of the loss of Brock Holt, but also Blake Swihart. The timing of his injury could not have been coming at a worse time. So yeah, I think they said they're going to give this week uh, for Brock Holt to play uh, in the minors, and I think that you will see him uh, with the Red Sox, maybe even at some point uh, on the next road trip, or if not, definitely when they come home for the for the homestand. You know, we talked about the bats struggling to start off the podcast, and I think some of that is is slumping. But then another part of that, I think, is the lack of depth that the team has right now. And to be able to add a little more depth back in will certainly help. All right, this has been MLB.com Extras, your Red Sox edition. For Ian Brown, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next week. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.